You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is the end of March, and we're wrapping up Women's History Month. So, of course, I had to have a conversation on women, empowerment, and fun, because, come on, all three go hand in hand, right? Right. Uh, (laughs) For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling, creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified, and uh, author of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. I am all about it. Uh, you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week I bring together three of my people to have a conversation. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Deb Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening to us, we are so glad you're here choosing yourself and your goals. And I'm really excited about our conversation today because empowerment, fun, of course, we need to put these together. And I've got a great crew for this conversation. We have Bryce Batts and Bryce and I met just a few months ago through our friend Erin Longmoon. I was on her Wine After Work podcast. And of course, she had turnabout is fair play. Really happy to have you here. Also, Carla Howard. Now, we were trying to figure this out. We met like four years ago because we were part of the same Help a Reporter article outreach. And Carla did what I do, which is she reached out to everybody, said, let's be friends. And here, a short four years later, here we are having (laughs) this conversation. Really, I really love it when I get to meet my like on paper friends in real life. So and videos as close to real life as we're getting right. Yep. And Deborah Parties, who's my newest friend here, but I feel like I've known you for like, ever. And she is like the grand poobah of swell. And she'll tell you more about that in a minute. But Swell is this audio platform for conversations. And it is really cool and awesome. And she is the VP of Stories and Voices and all about the story. Okay. And now I would love for you all to introduce yourselves, uh, shall we say, better. And, you know, let's let's go backwards. And we're going to start with you first, Deborah, because I feel like I've already kind of sort of introduced you. So uh, please share uh, who you are, why you're here, and why you're so excited to talk about this topic of empowerment and fun. Well, I'm happy I'm here. And I, I grew up with three sisters and a mom, and that already gives you a, a, a sort of an insight into growing up with empowered people who are happen to be female. Um, and I went to a woman's school and you know, all that stuff leads you to, you to identify really strongly with the, the, the advantages of women who have agency. They make good choices a lot of times. If the world was run by women, I think we'd be in a more peaceful uh, place. That's my that's my theory. Um, my background's always been in audio and in conversation and in expression. I started as a storyteller through song, as a songwriter, and then I moved into the literacy space, helping raise awareness for adult literacy. And then I did a lot of advertising and branding stuff because I like the idea of messaging and, and bits and bytes and doing it well with, with uh, creativity and, and uh, passion for uh, connecting people to their aspirations. Um, and around the middle of, no- of 2000, I really got into podcasting and that was just a joy. I never looked back. So I did a lot of live, pass- live podcasting stuff in San Francisco. Uh, and when I moved to Los Angeles in 2009, I started doing some corporate work. Uh, and then something wonderful happened after, uh, you know, 35 plus years of freelancing, I decided to sit with a company and work from the ground up. So in 2019, I started working with Swell, which is an audio platform that enables you to pick up your phone and speak and then push it out there like a voice memo, actually, and people hear it. And then over time, they respond. And when you listen back, it sounds like a 
bunch of cool people in a podcast. And we're rolling it out as a, as a disruption to podcasting for sure, because there's no tech involved. There's no waiting. You just get it out there. But it also, I think in these days when we're trying to give people power and agency, it's any woman in the world can pick up their phone and speak into it and connect to each other. Any woman in the world, anywhere, um, all you need is, is cell connections. So I'm excited to be a part of this revolution of, of uh, d- you know, democratizing podcasting and making sure people uh, are in conversation, not just one way, but two ways. That's better. Definitely. Always better. Well, really glad to have you here. And I will have your, I put your link up and I'm just podcasting as well at the Dev Method. So follow us and I'm sure we'll talk even more about it because it really is, it's just a cool way to connect with even more people without, I think when I interviewed you for another article without primping, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. (laughs) So Bryce, Great to see you. Welcome. Please share who you are, why you're here, and why you're so excited to talk about this topic. And I think, yeah. Can you hear me? Uh Uh-huh. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know we met on my podcast, Wine After Work. Um, You know, I love working with women and helping empower them, and I do that through recruiting career coaching, and now through the podcast. Um, I've had the podcast just over a year now. And I got to say, it's been so much fun connecting with women weekly um, at various levels in their career at stages of their career. Um, So that's been a real joy of mine. My background is in recruiting. And I work in a very male dominated industry, uh, AEC, which is architecture, engineering and construction. So lots of men, (laughs) Uh, but we have a lot of female recruiters at our firm. So I'm a partner in a firm called Career Collective. We're based in Raleigh, North Carolina, and we do work with small to mid-sized firms nationwide. So firms that don't have in-house HR, in-house recruiting to help them find the staff that they need. And I can tell you, it brings me a lot of joy seeing more women entering the field and more women in leadership positions. Um, you know, I was a, a cheerleader and a dancer in my youth and in college. So I say I'm still cheering women on uh, to this day. Um, and then with uh, the career coaching as well, I coach both men and women, primarily in the AEC industry. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Great. Well, happy to have you here. And, you know, I'm all about the gold stars and the pom-poms. So <laughs> it, Love it, it. it starts really with that enthusiasm. Because, Well, that's why I do the show is to bring people together, but also to give that motivation, that inspiration, because you can't reach your goals on your own. Right, that's right. right. And I will say fun is one of my core values. <laughs> uh, if you're not having fun, you need to re- rethink everything. Right. But We'll, we'll dive a little bit more into that in a minute. Carla, great yeah. to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and I'm really uh, loving getting to know these lovely ladies on the call with me. So a little bit about me. I am a change strategist. I lead the journey management product line for Align Org, which is the back-end implementation of organizational redesign. So it's a lot of fun. And I'm also an entrepreneur. So I'm a speaker. I run a Get Paid from the Stage program to help other speakers get paid for their value from the stage. And I have a huge passion for helping kind and ambitious women live their dream lives and just really helping them to take a step back, think about the things that do bring them joy. So fun is a great topic for us to dig into together today. And I believe every woman has a business in her, some type of entrepreneurial venture that she can pursue that's going to bring her joy, help her do the things that really light her up. And I love it when women start those side hustles, those small businesses, because you never know where it's going to take you. Nothing bad comes from trying something new. So that is a little bit about me. (laughs) Awesome. And it's so true because why would we want to stay in one place when there's so much opportunity out there? And in one of my big, big tenets, you know, the reason I wrote my book, the reason for death is, you know, life, it's your choice. 
And you, if you uh, have changed thrust about in you, or if you're seeking it out, when you embrace it, when you see what you can do to empower yourself, then it's all the better for everyone. And th- this is a, I do have guys on my show usually, oh. but, but I will say that it, it really, if you, if you watch, whether you watch the Gold Chat Live or the Deb Show, I tend to have a lot of women. And I think that it's just because that, that whole empowerment, lifting each other up, because why not? We're all in this together, which I believe we were talking about. We we must have been taught. I, I talked about it either earlier today and before we went live as well. So how do you define empowerment, Carla? Yeah, I think when we think about empowerment, it's really about helping people find their natural gifts and then capitalizing on those. Because it's one thing to, if you think about it from a coaching perspective, so if if we're in a leadership role and we are coaching someone to fill a gap, it may be something that they're not naturally inclined to do. It may be something that's a real struggle for them. And that does not feel like empowerment or support. It's like pushing me out completely outside of what comes natural to me. So I'll, I'll give you an example um, <laughs> for me. Not that anybody's going to ask me to sing anytime soon, but I'm a terrible singer. I could take lessons. I could get coached on how to sing. I could do all those things. And I might get to the point where people didn't, you know, plug their ears and, um, you know, get a headache when I started to sing. Or I could spend all of that time and energy and pour it into something that I have a natural tendency toward. And to me, that's where empowerment comes in. Because if we are trying to be helpful by moving people towards something that they, A, don't want to do, and two, don't have natural inclination toward, uh, it can be defeating. It can feel very opposite of empowerment. So I love learning about people understanding what they really love doing, what lights them up, what do they want to know more of, what do they want to learn how to do, and supporting them in that, because that's what's going to lift them up. I frequently say, if you love what you do, it shows. And when you don't love what you do, it really, really shows. So that's a really good example of that. Uh, So what about you, Bryce? Uh, How do you define empowerment? Yeah, I I define empowerment by, um, you know, really giving somebody the confidence to go after what they want um, and making them stronger and really helping them control their lives. So in terms of career coaching and recruiting, empowering them to take the first steps to look for a new position. I find a lot of times with with women, especially they think they're not worthy of finding something they love or making a change or doing something for themselves. So I think empowering them to take that first step and to really acknowledge what they want out of life, whether that's, you know, in their career, at home or whatever it may be, but finding that full balance between all of those things. But just, you know, giving them the strength to step forward one small step at a time. And I think it starts with just acknowledging you want to find something else um, something else that might make you happier or make that change. And a lot of women, they've been thinking about it for a really long time and just scared to take that first step. They're scared of what friends and family may think, or, you know, it doesn't even matter. It could be the person down the street. What will they think? They're thinking all those crazy thoughts. And so just, you know, helping them take that first step. It's true. So many people get stuck because they have the life that they think they should have, but that they've been working towards. And they're like, well, I'm on this path. What's another, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of misery. It's not okay. Yeah. It's the sunken cost fallacy. Like I've spent all this time doing this one thing. Who am I to pivot or make a change at this point in my life? Yes. And this is why we do the show to encourage you all. If you're thinking about it, think a little bit more and see where that takes you. Mm-hmm. Love that. And Deborah. How do you define empowerment? Well, I agree with everyone, everyone's comments. Um, and I want to add uh, just the idea of being able to, to define your own success. Because people get swallowed up and trampled by other people's ideas about uh, success. And they 
track their lives according to that measurement. And I think it's very sad when someone wakes up too late and says, wow, that wasn't even the life I wanted to live. So marking what your success is and stepping into it. And the second thing I'd say about empowerment is really truly knowing that you're worth being listened to. Mm. Um, Not apologizing, not saying, I'm sorry, I have something to say, or can you give me five minutes? It's more like knowing that you choose the right people who have the capacity to hear you and then giving them the gift of that moment between the two of you where something can really build. So um, I, I have to say, I noticed this in, in audio when a woman speaks and someone responds, you can have a thousand likes, but if you have a voice that actually responds, that's an incredible experience for them because they know that someone listened. Wow. That's the, and what a gift that you get to give that to people mm. or yeah. that you want, but And I think everybody on this panel in some way, shape or form is that encourager. Encourager? Yeah, that's a word. That's true. Uh, Because that's what we're here for. You know, not to just make our world a better place, but to make the whole world a better place. Now, do you all have like a personal empowerment, aha moment story to share? (laughs) I'm going with Deborah first because I got a great big smile when I asked that question. No, I mean, listen, I, I, when I was in first grade, I was tall and I was chosen to be one of those guards on the recess, on the recess uh, playground. And I was the youngest guard. And I remember thinking, why am I a guard? I'm in first grade. I, I have a specific memory of why did they get, make me a guard? And I thought it was because I was tall. I thought because I was tall that they thought I was more maybe imposing and I could like be, I was a little girl. But I remember years later, I brought this up as a memory. I think I was in like, I was the, I was, in, I think I was around fifth grade and Mrs. Gray Bell was my teacher. I have only a few memories of my life, so it's amazing I'm recalling this, but I remember Mrs. Gray Bell and I were talking about the newsletter I was in charge of in this class, and I said, I want to be an oceanographer, and I said, I think I at one point I want to be a policeman. She said, why? And I said, well, because when I was in first grade, they they told me I was going to be the, in charge of the recess, and I thought maybe I should be a policeman, and she, I, I said, and I never knew why. She goes, well, Deborah, don't you know why they made you a person? And I said, why? And they said, well, because you you step into a space and you you bring your full self and you're very um, visible. You're a very visible person. I, I think she said something like that, but I think that was a moment for me and I've carried it in that we bring all of ourselves to a situation. We show up and it's so powerful. Just our presence. Don't even open your mouth. It's like what you bring is so cosmic and it does so much work for you. And if you just believe that you have this stuff that's pixie dust that you bring to a situation, whether it's social or professional or, or personal, trust that. Because that's what my first grade teacher gave me. She said, you, you, you could stand there and tell people to behave because of who you are. And that's my that was my moment, I think. What a gift to get at such a young age. At so a young you, age, yeah. So have you always felt that? Listen, we're all, you look in the mirror and we go, oh my God, who wants to talk to me? I mean, we have these profoundly insecure moments, especially as we age. Uh, but I've, I've had bits and bits and starts. I mean, all of you could speak to this, right? Like you, 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 especially Bryce and Carly, you're helping people all day long and you're, you want to actually walk your own talk. But sometimes you're like that, that imposter thing comes up like, oh my God, I feel so not like what I just said. I need the, another person to feel. Um, but I, I have to say, I, I have a spirit of love that guides me and I don't want to sound woo, but when you let love be the, the connector, you have to bring it back to yourself. And, and so I do think that I generally feel so lucky to be engaged with people and have the flow of connection. And sometimes it feels, mostly it feels wonderful. Uh, and I, and I want to view that into my connection. So if I was sitting with the three of you around the table you know, the first thing I would do is like say, How, how's Carla feeling? Is she is she getting my vibe? I want to make sure she does. It's that caring that women do so well. That's why we should be CEOs because we are intuitively caring people. I just, I mean, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> why on earth would I tell you you were wrong when you are right, right on, right on the nose? Um, Bryce, Carla, which one of you wants to jump next? Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll, Carla. I'll share real quick. So it's funny because I was, uh, as I'm thinking back, 
you know, so I'm, uh, was in 1980, I graduated from high school and went into work. And my parents had always told me I could do anything, right? So I had amazing parents. They were very supportive. And it's funny because it wasn't until probably 15 years later that I actually looked back. I'd gone back to school during that time and realized that there was a perception that women couldn't do all the things or that there was, you know, it's like mostly at that time, teachers, nurses, whatever, but that there were no women CEOs or vice presidents or, you know, owning and running businesses because that was never any of the messages that I got growing up. So when I started hearing about, you know, like the gender gap and the pay gap and all of that, I'm like, that's a thing, you know, but I felt so... Um, unaware because I had been raised in such an empowering space that I can do and be anything I want to do and be, I can go anywhere I want to go, that there is nothing that's stopping the potential uh, that it was quite a shock to my system when I realized that I might not be getting paid as much as my male counterparts that, and then I started looking back and thinking about conversations that I'd had with leaders, because I started having children, right? And at that time, it wasn't uncommon to say something like, oh, well, we would have Carla do that, but she's got kids at home and da, 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 right? So that was common conversation. And it was so shocking to me. So I guess mine is a little bit of a backwards story. I was raised very empowered. And then I hit the workforce and realized, oh, wait, holy cow, not everybody thinks I can do anything I want to do. Like, what the heck's going on here? Right. I got to I got to figure out how to get around this because this is not going to be my reality, (laughs) y'all. But, um, yeah, I think uh, it was it was such a gift to have parents that made sure that I didn't have those limiting expectations of myself as I was growing up. Very lucky. I, I was raised by an artist mother who is pretty much the same thing, you know, follow your passion. <laughs> she, or, or as I say, she is the cheerleader of the cheerleader, who is me. Uh, but you need that, I think, that encouragement. And even yes. now, this is what we do for people is encourage them to open their mouth, to share their stories, to embrace what's possible because everything is possible. That's mm-hmm. right. So Bryce... What's your aha empowerment story? Well, I had a memory come up uh, as Deborah was speaking. And it's funny because I was telling my daughter this story recently. You know, I grew up with a really strong mother as well. And um, growing up, I did gymnastics. So it just makes you crazy physically strong. So when we were on the playground, I remember back in, in my day, they would make you do these like physical education tests. I think once a year, you know, and you had to do chin ups and pull ups. Mm -hmm. Well, the girls were required to do um, just a hang because they knew we couldn't do pull ups and the guys did the pull ups. Well, I went to do my chin up hang and I'm just hanging there. Like finally, they're like, just come down. You're done. And then I I did all the pull ups so I could beat the boys. So I felt very empowered. (laughs) But I think that has helped me in life. You know, like I said, working in a male dominated industry, I feel very empowered to help men find positions that they're looking for to help, you know, my clients who are male find and identify the hires that they need to make. Um, So it has served me well in life, but I I guess I always have something to prove. (laughs) Well, and I love the the sports analogy because a lot of, a lot of, well, we're not going to say how athletic I'm not. I dance for exercise. People who know me know this. But if you have that sports mindset or my competition, I did competitive public speaking. So I always say if you could talk, you can communicate, you could do anything. But it's those activities when we're young and even being artistic, something else I am not fine art wise. Uh, but when you know your gifts and when your gifts are supported, then you really can do anything. So uh, how do we empower those who are not empowered? Bryce? Yeah, I think it comes back to constant encouragement. 
you know, I, I don't remember, I think Carlos said, you know, kind of taking them by the hand and just helping them step by step, but being there alongside them and helping them along the way, but it's empowering them. So they trust in themselves. So they believe they can do it, you know, really building them up so they can make a difference. Love that. What do you think, Deborah? I think you have to create circumstances through which people can experience their own power. Um, even if it's metaphorical, you know, I think, I think I work with a lot of emancipated foster youth in, in LA and these are young people who lost their families after the foster system let them go at 18. And we do a lot of work to just help them see themselves in a, in a way that so ma magnifies their, their brilliance and their worth. And we set up situations for that. So I think there's a consciousness that we have to have. If you're saying, how do I empower this person? You know, it's a very ephemeral idea. You've got to bring it down to brass tacks of like, what can I do to this for this person to magnify their, 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 their exceptionalism and uh, bringing in, them into a situation where you, you engage them in a way that's going to result in that aha moment for them. That's the, that's the course you have to take for sure. Love that. And Carla, what do you think? think? What is the secret? That's not a secret because we're telling everybody. Well, there's, there's so many things that we can do. And what's to me is really interesting is um, there are small things that we can do every day. So things like uh, Deborah brought up a, a great point when she said, you know, women in particular will say, can I just have five minutes or sorry, you know, can I, do you have a few minutes for me? Stop them and remind them that you don't need to apologize. You've got great ideas. I had a gal, if she listens to this, she'll text me because we talk all the time, but I, I had her, uh, I heard her as an intern and out of habit, she would say, sorry, a lot, right? It's a generational thing. And I, sat her down and I'm like, you, you, you are not sorry because you did nothing wrong. And I am going to help you break this habit because I care about you and I know how brilliant you are. And this is going to hurt your eyes. So if she would come into my office and say, sorry, do you have a minute? I'd stop her. And I'd say, you're not sorry. So go back out and then come back in. And we'll have a conversation. And she's That's like, so great. okay. So, great. so she would walk out and then she would say, excuse me, do you have a moment? And I would say, absolutely, <laughs> come right in. So I think we have to break that pattern and help them see another way. The mm -hmm. other thing is, gosh, I, I, I have a whole talk on this, which is speaking with confidence, tips for ambitious women and their allies. Things like when you hear a woman interrupted or anybody interrupted, that is sharing an idea in a meeting, stop and say, hang on a minute, Joe, let's let Charlie finish his thought before we move on. Just calling it in a kind and respectful way and opening up space for that person to speak. When you see someone who's holding back and you know that they've got brilliance to share and they're struggling with confidence, either intervening in the moment or afterwards saying, hey, can we talk? Because I am so excited about what you have to share in this conversation. And I'm afraid you're not being heard. So can we talk about ways that are going to help you with that? Um, I'll give you one more tip because I find this happens a lot with young people in a room who have, let's say you've got 15 people in a room and the conversation is going and they have a different idea on how to solve a problem. They don't know how to enter the conversation because it feels like such a personal risk. If I were to say, I don't think we're going down the right path or I don't agree with that. And so they hold back. So instead of turning it into a us versus them, or I think my ideas are better than your ideas, simply saying something like, I see it differently. Here's what I'm thinking opens up the conversation for collaboration and allows you to share your ideas in a lower risk way where you're not losing power. Because what happens is if, if the, these young professionals share at all, they try to wiggle in, right? So they'll be like, well, I've got an idea, but it's probably not a great idea, but I was wondering what if we tried and boom, your credibility and your power goes out the window. So 
finding those hip pocket phrases that are going to allow you to keep your power and share your great ideas. And when you're in the room and you see someone else is struggling, you know, help them out either in the moment or have that conversation on the back end of the, the meeting. Carla, I like those pocket phrases because I will say working with younger people, they have a hard time interjecting and they have a hard time with networking as well. You know, it's like they miss that whole training. (laughs) They've been on their phones and devices. They're super young and they just don't know how to network with other people or to raise their hand for things. So I think as leaders and as women, if we can look out for them and bring them in and help them with those phrases or raise our hands for them. You know, that's super helpful. Agreed. And I'm just waiting for Deborah to jump in on the listening to people fully, because isn't that what, what your platform is all about? Because people can complete thoughts. It's so remarkable, Carla, when you're talking about interruptions, you know, um, in, in conversations, we all, many of us don't step in the way you just suggested. And I really appreciate the leadership it takes to say, hold on one second. Can you let him finish? That's a moderator kind of mentality. And I think the more people that do that, the more catchy that would be. So I hope people listening, I, I will be better at that. Thank you for that tip. In in asynchronous conversation, we've, we've known social platforms a lot for that ability. Someone posts and then you think about it and you Type some big letters and you say your you say your your piece right. In conversation, when it's usually live, uh, people generally cower under the loud voice. And on Swell, you don't have to do that because everything is recorded, so it's in series. It's not a live platform. So if Deborah leaves a question for me, I can really think even for a day before I answer. Um, and what I'm finding about the listening culture is that people are relaxing into themselves more, and they're becoming better speakers over years as I listen to them because they're no longer waiting to be bulldozed by someone else who's smarter or louder or has a point that might be more funny. Uh, They get their say, they get their time. Um, And I have uh, a real penchant for loving quiet voices um, because they, when they do say something, it's usually pretty freaking fantastic because they are those people that think very carefully before they speak. I'm the opposite. I'll just shoot it out there and see what happens. I'm a risk taker, but I've learned to pause because of the speakers that model for me. So yeah. Thank you for bringing that up, Deb. It's really quite a cultural, beautiful thing about swell that I just, I wish the world was as patient as, as the mechanism of swell is. The world is the opposite of patient. Did you not know? Oh, I didn't get that memo. No, I'm, I mean, it's, you know, it's everything, you know, it's interesting. This whole conversation is very aspirational because, you know, this is a living organism. I mean, we all have our modalities, but every day is a new challenge and a new opportunity, a new person throwing at us variables we didn't think about, you know? So I think that's really partially what's so fun about dialogue is like you said in the introduction, we don't know what this conversation is going to go, but you trust the three of us to iterate respectfully. And I think that trust is, you can't, you can't buy that. You have to build it in with intuition. Cause I've never met Carla or Bryce, but I feel like I can trust these guys. I can hang out and we can, we can bust into questions that might even be a little difficult, but we have that communal trust. And I think that the younger generation who's on their devices a lot to, to Bryce's point, they need to learn how to use their nose and, and, pull back and push forward and be in that beautiful dance. It's a dance. And we know it because we're a bit older, but the younger people, they don't, their social dances are so different. You know, it's got a lot of screens in front of it. It's true. And that it goes back to that communication aspect. So it's the talking, but it's the listening and the connecting, but also not just like listening, but like hearing. Yeah. You know, it's not just a matter of, okay, this is all great. It's great because the purpose, and and I love these through lines. When I put these conversations together, I do try to find good matches and and they usually, it starts with the topic and then I'll bring other people into it to try and make that organic 
connections. And I love this. This is my joy is I get to introduce you all to each other and your communities to all of you. So that that's the gift I get. I get to give and get. Mm-hmm. Anyway, transition, transition. Um, I do before we we do have a couple people listening live. Uh Jorge was here earlier. So we're just gonna he sent a wave, so we are waving back and thank you for tuning in. And also Pamela Barraway, who's one of our regulars, uh, just is also tuning in live and she wrote the importance of listening, really listening cannot be overstated. And it's true because if we don't listen, we're just we're just mono. And what's we can't learn, we can't grow. But what we can do when we do listen is we learn, we grow, we connect, and I have these fun, deep conversations. I say deep conversations, but they're fun, deep conversations. You know, I, I like the lightness that comes when you bring together new friends and explore a topic. And now that I said fun, see how I'm reining that in again. Now, how do we incorporate fun into empowerment because as we said before if you're having fun it shows and when you're not having fun it really shows so uh, how do fun and empowerment coexist Bryce well like I said having fun is a core value of mine (laughs) I honestly I can tell when I'm, I'm stressed out um too uptight I'm not having enough fun and I think when you're having fun and whether whatever that may be for you, and I think trying different things is really important because what might have been fun for you 10 years ago may not be fun for you today. And I think we can get into a rut doing the same things day in and day out and you forget how to have fun and you, you're not having fun and it's been a long time since you have. So whether that's, you know, reading a book or listening to music and dancing um, Deborah, I know you like to dance for fun. I do as well. <laughs> I love live music, um, but I love being outside too, like just taking a walk outside with my dog. That can be really fun, um, whether I'm listening to something or not. So I think just trying different things to have fun, to get out of a rut. And I think when we're having fun, it allows us to be more creative Um, allows us to get out of our heads. Um, And, you know, when we're happy, we're able to help others, encourage them and empower them in a much better way than if we're just stuck inside of our own heads. Oh, so, so true. Where's the the underline and the exclamation point? Absolutely. And when we're, when we're better us's, that positively impacts the world. Yeah, we're better at work, we're better at home, better partners, everything. Absolutely. So Carla, what do you think? Yeah, I've got a couple of thoughts on this. One of my favorite quotes, and I keep it close to me as I'm building my business, is your business is only as healthy as you are. And when I heard that, it just hit me because I, at the time, I really wasn't taking great care of myself. And I thought, holy cow, if that's the case, then my business has got some problems right now, right? Because I'm not doing the things that I know make me mentally, physically, and spiritually healthy, including doing my visualization in the morning, going on long walks every day, um, you know, drinking enough water. It's the simple things. But when those are ignored and our health starts to suffer, our business is going to suffer. And it's really the same thing, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in a corporate world, your career is only going to be as healthy as you are. And so you've got to really focus on knowing what you need. And that's listening to yourself to know. I used to go to the gym like crazy anymore. I don't really do that. So I do my four and a half mile a walk a day. It gets me outside. It gets me in nature. That's what I know I need. So it's listening to the things you need. And then I think the other part of that is remembering to find joy in every day. My my mom passed away a little over a year ago, but I think back to her last year of life when she was very, very sick. We had lost my dad, you know, uh, about eight months before she passed. But 
this little old sweet lady, I would walk in the door and she would look at me and say, what are we going to do to have some fun today? Because she knew that the secret to life was finding joy in every day. And I think, who am I to not pay attention to that in a day, right? Like, what am I going to do today that brings me joy? Because we can get so busy doing all the things that we literally do nothing that brings us joy. And what a shame that would be if we let one day go without doing something special for ourselves. Ah. Uh-huh. I love that. And, and, and what a gift that, that that lives in you. Yes. <laughs> all the time. Amazing. Deborah, sorry you have to follow that. What are your thoughts? Oh, Carla, Jesus. Uh, no, I mean, you, your reaction to Carla is what I'm enjoying, like the idea of, of something being fully integrated into who you are. I mean, that's such a gift that it's not some kind of cosmic galactical like big plan that you can't make small and accessible. I mean, it's something taking a walk, you know, but fun is, is, is a very specific word, right? I mean, it, it, it conjures up this sense of abandonment and of, uh, of a collective laugh and a, and a sense of, I mean, it can be alone or with people. Um, I, I think you, it's, it's hard to talk about fun as an intentional thing because fun feels so spontaneous and like of the moment but you can architect a great life of fun when you know how to do it. But in terms of the corporate world, because I know at the top of the show, we were talking about like this, let's make sure what we're talking about really applies to people, you know, in their corporate space, as well as their personal space, even though I believe so deeply that it's all one big happy thing, especially now that a lot of us are working at home. Uh, last weekend, I went to a quick uh, workshop for five hours based on a, uh, a, a the concept of a theatrical group in England called Frantic Assembly. And a woman had just come back from a workshop and she wanted to share it with some friends. And Frantic Assembly is a really cool theater company that basically looks at building content, building plays, building dances by playing first. And in the play, in the structured play, they come up with these gems, movements, ideas. So for five hours, we did these really weird things that yielded these incredible ideas for entire plays or dance movements or, you know, concepts that you never would have found had you not done this stupid thing. Um, And we we were all pretty goofy and we were, I mean, literally goofy, like we squoze each other in different parts of our body. And then the next time you don't touch, you barely touch. And then the next time you do without the person and all of a sudden you've made a beautiful dance and they, they deconstruct things in front of your eyes to show you when you pull away the curtain and everything like that, things are just basic human things. Like it's, there's nothing, I mean, magic is there, but what's fun is to become uh, empowered. There's that word uh, by knowing how things work. And there's something really fun about messing stuff up and getting messy yourself and discovering how things are constructed. Um, And I really, I'm someone who's been in audio for over 30 years. When you pull back the vocals and you, and you pull back everything and then you just play the drums and you, and you, you hear them without, any amplification, they sound like a you know garbage can, and it just shows you how things are put together, and nothing is without its own you know nascent moment of birth where it's kind of messy and bloody, and you got to cut the cord. So I think it's really about finding the buoyancy in your life, and seeing that everything everything's possible, and nothing is too crazy, complicated. You know, have fun with your discovery of it. My dad was a physicist, and he was a discovery man. And I think that discovery is hand in hand with, with fun and it could be a really beautiful partnership. And uh, well, you said a lot of things that I really like, but the one I'm, I'm stuck on is you were talking about a fun and spontaneity. How do you plan it? But you could totally plan it, right? You can plan to get messy. You can plan to experiment. You can plan to throw an idea on its head. It- well, there's a, sorry, there's a book up on my shelf by Priya Parker and it's called The Art of Gathering. And she's all about planned intimacy and planned connection. And she said, there's no such thing as a chill host. It's a lie. So I 100% agree with you. And so does Deborah. I mean, so does uh, Priya. Priya. It's a great book. I've read that. It's a fantastic yeah. book. When you, <clears throat> and Okay, I have like, I'm trying to say five different sentences at once. So what else is new? But the idea that you can find things of fun alone, 
but you can also find them maybe even more so when you give yourself the opportunity to play and connect and have conversations or go, um, I don't, what is that? Is that like throwing an axe at things to get rid of anger? That's a thing, right? I see it. Axe throwing. It is. So it could be any sort of activity, whether you're doing it yourself or with other people and having that communal bit of fun, whatever that means to you. So what is the, so we know like the funnest thing, is that the funnest thing you've done lately, Deborah? Uh, Frantic assembly. Yeah. It was so fun. Totally. What is the funnest thing you've done lately, Bryce? All right. This is pretty easy because I was at a two day concert recently in Tampa. Uh, We we went to look for office space there and then tacked on fun after uh, the business part. So Saturday and Sunday were two full days of live music with friends and we had a blast. Nice. And Carla? Yeah, for me, it's this is so easy. I had my grandchildren over over the weekend. Nothing brings me joy like hanging out with the precious little. So drawing on the whiteboard and reading books and just listening to their stories. You know, my my 14 year old granddaughter is in track and she came up to me and she goes, Amma, do you want to hear about my track meet last week? And I'm like, because I was out of town. I said, do I want to hear about your track meet? I want to hear all about your track meet, you know. And she was telling me stories and we're, we're going to her track meet this Thursday. Um, but just immersing myself with them reminds me to play and just brings my heart so much joy. So, yeah, that was that was an easy one. Well, I am glad I could have so many softball questions. I love that the easiest question I asked was what was your most recent fun experience? I mean, that really says a lot about you all and your spirit and how important that balance is. Before we we jump into the goal portion, because uh, I want to leave our audience, whether they're watching or listening or checking the replay with goals that they can do to feel more empowered and or have more fun. Actually, let's give them a goal for each. Um, Are there any other tips for empowerment and or fun that you forgot to add? You forgot to add. Okay. Silence. (laughs) <laughs> doesn't I mean, work on we can we can riff completely i i think one of the things i i really feel very passionate about is getting off a device and into a room with humans um and not to get uh not to think that you're truly connecting until you're actually physically together i i think um covid taught us a lot about um what we want and what we don't want but i i i, I there's something magical about being physically in a room with somebody and I know it doesn't need to happen. We can do a lot like we're doing now. But my little point to people is uh, find somebody to go physically be with just just because there's a lot of oxytocin and dopamine and all that good stuff that happens when you're actually with somebody. And there's a lot of, I live alone. I know for me, I have to get out a lot and and just hug and touch people I love and be walking with them and, and, and you know, doing things that are in the physical world. We're still organisms, you know? Mm. We like people. People mm-hmm. are good. Yeah, I agree with that, Deborah. When I get out, it, it lights me up. It like fills my soul for a while. Again, makes me feel good. Um, I think my tip I, I mentioned earlier is just try something new. You know, it's so easy to be in the same routine every day um, when you're working, raising kids, or whatever it may be. So just try something new. If you hate it, then do something else the next day. <laughs> You know, and that's so important, too. If you try something and you don't like it, you never, ever have to do it again. Well, unless it's like dishes or laundry and that you probably have <laughs> right. to. But but in the sense of exploration, you get to write your own game, right? Choose your own adventure. There I go, mushing titles together again. But <laughs> break up the routine because you can always try something something different. And what about you, Carla? Yeah, so I one of the things that I try to do for myself, uh, and I also do it with teams that I work with, is to celebrate mistakes. And the, the reason why I love that so much is 
when we try new things, we are not going to be great at them. And so it's okay, right? We're going to try some things and then we're going to celebrate the mistake. We're going to celebrate what we learn. And as leaders, so when I, with my teams, uh, when we meet on our regular cadence, I'll say, all right, you guys talk to me about what mistakes we've got to celebrate this week, because it does a couple of things. If, if we aren't making any mistakes, we're not pushing the envelope far enough. So we're not going to be innovative. We're not trying new things. We're not furthering the work that we're doing well if we didn't make any mistakes all week. The other thing that it does is it gives us language on how to bring it up. So I have had my team members come into my office when I was in person or call me on the phone virtually and say, I have a huge celebration. I'll say, okay, great. Let's talk about what happened. And it gives people that language. So I think, you know, if we can get into the habit of helping the people that we care about in our lives, including ourselves to celebrate mistakes, find the learning and move on. It just takes that stigma of, of not being perfect away. That's great. Mm-hmm. The thing that you said before that I want, like really early on, uh, when you were talking about getting mad when people apologize, I, that is like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say sorry for no reason. <laughs> it's like enough. Sorry, I'm late. Well, that one's kind of a problem, but you know what I mean? Things that like, sorry, can I say something? Or, oh, I thought it would work out differently. I'm sorry. No, any idea, thought, any piece of you that you bring into a conversation should be celebrated. So I wanted to give that another deep underline and exclamation point to stop apologizing. I feel like that should be like the bonus goal. And Um, now I would love you all to gift a goal. And if you have one for empowerment and one for fun, great. What is something, uh, someone who's listening or watching can do today, tonight, tomorrow to empower themselves and, or have more fun. So Carla. Yeah, I am going to go back to my deep belief that our businesses and our careers are only as healthy as we are. So if you hear that statement and you think, oh, you know, then I better do something about my health. (laughs) Um, Choose one thing that you're going to do for the next 30 days that's going to make you healthier. And I promise you that one thing will make your business or your career healthier, too. Mm, And it may be to drink enough water. Right. It may be to go for a walk. It may be to, you know, read for 30 minutes a day on a topic that you want to learn about. Um, just know that every time you take a step to make yourself, yourself healthier, the byproduct of that is going to be a healthier career or business. Oh, that's awesome. Good one. Okay, Bryce, your turn. Yeah, I'm going to go with the tried and true, write it down. You know, statistics say you're 42% more likely to accomplish a goal if you write it down. And I think, you know, there's no magic in starting in January. You can start anytime. It could be March 31st. It does not matter. Um, But I say write it down. If it's a a dream you have in your heart or a goal that's been on your mind, write it down, look at it often. And um, then, you know, just jot down small ways, small steps you can take to get there and keep it at the forefront, whether it's on your computer or you know, on the front of your phone, just keep looking at it because then you visualize it and that will help you achieve what you're, what you're after. Well, yeah, (laughs) because you can't get what you want unless you know what that is. So think about it. And also not just the goals, but to write down the dreams because anything is possible when you put in the time, do the work and keep moving forward. So Love it. And Deborah, what goal do you wish to gift? Uh, The gift of buddy system. Um, The gift of not feeling isolated in a goal. And even if it's a, it doesn't, I mean, I I would encourage somebody who, um, doggy, not a doggy. Um, I encourage you to pick somebody who would be honored, who really would be, would normally wouldn't be asked to, Hey, will you, so there's a lot of people who think that they're like the always the one that needs help and they're always the one that's asking for things. That's the person that you ask and say, listen, I know you you need to borrow money last week or you needed to like have me help you with your marriage or whatever, but 
can I ask you a favor? I'm, I'm trying to find someone who's accountable to my goal, which is my idea, uh, and, and just have that check-in. Because I think creating alliances with people creates um, something that is, it, it, it's like people are witnessing you and they're excited for you. And it, it, it helps, it helps lift the, the load. It does. <clears throat> and if you are on Facebook, another way to do this is join my Write On Online Facebook group because every day there's a different uh, conversation starter designed for goal setting, productivity, but most importantly, that community aspect, you know, share what you're working on or share my favorite is always to your horn Thursday because you need to be in a space where you feel celebrated because that's what empowerment and fun and joy and movement and motion and living the life you want is all about. Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Before we wrap, well, two things before we wrap, um, please tell people where they can find you and learn more about you. Let's start with you, Bryce. All right. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Bryce Bats, just like it's spelled. Uh, also Instagram, same thing. And um, my website for our recruiting business is mycareercollective.com or BryceBatsCoaching.com. Awesome. And all of these, the links that you're sharing, as well as your LinkedIn links, will all be in the recap, which will be the devmethod.com slash blog. And Carla, where can people find you? Well, thank you so much. LinkedIn is the easiest place to find me. Carla Howard, connect with me. I love connecting with people on that platform. So just let me know that you listened in to Deb's uh, podcast live stream and I'm happy to connect. I am also on Instagram at Rise Sisters. So if you're an Instagram person and you're interested in following me, that's where you will find me. Excellent. And Deborah, where can people find you? Where they can find you actually go to swellcast.com and you can type in uh, the Deb method and hear Deb. Uh, you could type in my my username is um, DB Pardes. And you can go there and listen to things I've spoken about. You can also private message me there. Uh, and I will reply with my voice as soon as I hear your voice. You can also go to LinkedIn. Obviously, I'm, I'm always there. And it would be great to hear from you and start having conversations on Swell with you, which would be really thrilling. And you can, in addition to Swell... I am at the Deb Method everywhere um, or thedebmethod.com. And as I said before, thedebmethod.com slash blog will get you the recaps. And if you need a little bit of a push in the right directions for your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals at your favorite place to buy books. And it's, woo, it, it's really all about, and, and that's the thing for me, is it's all about the foundation. It, going back to, to get what you want, you need to know what that is. And almost think of this as like, I'm going to give a bonus goal. I don't always do it, but I'm going to today is gift yourself the time to think about what it is you want, what is next for you and what you need to do to get to that next level. And then do all the other things that, that you were gifted today <laughs> in terms of goals. Um, such a wonderful conversation. What final thought would you like to leave the uh, listeners with Bryce? Gosh, final thoughts is this has been really fun. Uh, Carla and Deborah are amazing. <laughs> um, yes. Um, I already follow you both on LinkedIn now. So Deborah, thank you for inviting me. And um, yeah, just so many great tips. Uh, you know, I, I think just trying new things, encouraging the, the women you walk alongside um, and do something fun so you yourself feel empowered. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so, Deborah, what about you? What final thought do you want to leave people with? Be easy on yourself, please. That's what I want to say. That's a good one. It is a good one. And Carla? 
The thing that's running through my mind is this is why I love hanging out with kind and ambitious women. It's been a great time with, with the three of you. Thank you for having me, Deb. Oh, well, thank you for being here. So I guess the idea is then you need to hang out with more kind and ambitious people. Yeah. We, we all need to surround ourselves with kind and ambitious people. And I think many times women get conflicted, you know, because if we're ambitious, we're not necessarily seen as kind, right? Like that's a double-edged sword that we, we ride and uh, we can and should be kind and ambitious. Amen. Mm-hmm. We're the gold stars. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's what, well, that's why I thought it would be fun to put empowerment and fun together because normally it's one or the other. And we're saying everything is possible. That's right. Why can't it be both? It can. Right. So um, thank you all so much, Bryce, Carla, and Deborah, for joining me today. If you're watching or listening, thank you for gifting yourself the time to invest in your goals and yourself and get hopefully inspired. Um, empower yourself. Have fun. Go out there. Go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.